Let us turn our attention to the gospel according to St. John. Yes. Chapter 6. The gospel according to St. John. Chapter 6. Amen. And when you have it, please say amen. amen. If you don't have it, say wait a minute. Amen. amen. Okay, amen. Wait a minute. <laughs> amen. Amen. Yes, amen. Okay. The gospel according to St. John. Chapter 6. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, when uh, they were waiting on uh, on Miriam to get healed, amen, when she had leprosy, they waited. They, waited. they, they could have went on and left her, but they waited until God healed her, and then they took off again. Cool. We don't want to let nobody get left behind, amen, <laughs> in the word, amen. <laughs> amen. The Gospel according to St. John, chapter 6, starting at verse 1, you will find these words. Well. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover... A feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he knew he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Amen. And for a few moments, I want to speak with you from the thought, the miraculous methods of mission work. You may be seated in the presence of Almighty God. The miraculous methods of mission work. 
Reverend King, when I began to look at this text, amen, I, I, I saw that there was a lot going on here at the beginning of chapter 6. Mm-hmm. Well. Amen. I mean, that. I mean, Jesus, you know, he's coming over from the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and there's this great multitude following him because they had seen some things that Jesus has done. And I don't know about you, but I just wonder, are a lot of people not following Jesus because they haven't seen him yet? You do know that God has to open your eyes for you to see. He has to open your ears so that you can hear. On many occasions, Jesus said, let them that have ears to hear, hear what thus saith the Lord. See, God is in charge of this whole Outfit. Amen. As we would say down south, the whole outfit. The believing, the receiving, the actions, the work, it's all God. And I remember looking at in passages of scripture, amen, in the book of Romans that we find that it is in him, by him, and to him all things. See, it's all in his hand. It's, It's all encompassed in him. See, when you get through at the end of the day, it ain't about us, but it's all about him. Amen. And so, so as we look at this text, I love this text because it's a busy text. Amen. There's a lot going on in here. Amen. But my eyes and my spirit are drawn to a particular portion of this text. Amen. We, we, we see also that when Jesus went up on the mountain, his disciples went in with him. But it was during a season. It was during a festival called Passover. Some of you Bible readers know a little bit about Passover. Amen. So you know that many of the Jews would be there for Passover. This is one of their celebrations. Amen. Amen. But, but, But in the midst of all this, we've got all of these people. Amen. Because in our text, we see that the count says that it was 5,000. But if we look at some of the other Gospels, the other three Gospels, which we call the Synoptic Gospels, which they they, kind of, if you will, tell the same stories from a different perspective. Amen. Amen. We find this same story in some of them where we find out that it was 5,000, not counting women and children. Amen. So the multitude was much bigger even than that. If we could have stopped at 5,000, that would have been enough. I mean, there's 12 disciples, Jesus, and 5,000. Amen. And and they are following him because they have seen the work of the Lord. They have seen how He has raised those who were sick off of their beds. Mm -hmm. They have seen how those who had blinded eyes can now see. They have seen how those who couldn't hear a thing can now hear a pin drop. They have seen those that could not say a word now have become uh, expansive orators. Because Jesus has the ability to open up the mouth. Now, now, when the when the world sees this, yes. the proper thing to do is to respond, and that's respond in attraction to him. Yeah, yeah. But isn't it strange 
that we live in a world right now that we are a testament to the miracles. Some of us in here have been thieves. Some of us have been outright liars. Some of us may have even been murderers. But God according to his grace and mercy, has reached way down. And he grabbed us down into places that we couldn't get to ourselves. As David said, he said, cleanse me with hyssop. But in the Bible says that he changed us and he rearranged us because he said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And I don't know about you, but when I look back over my life and look at the things that I have done and how I have thoughts. I know it's nothing but God who changed me. I didn't make no decision. God called me out of darkness into the marvelous light. But if he had never called me, I could have never answered. So it's all in his hands. So now since we have been saved and we have been taken up out of the muck and mire, we have been spent around and our feet have been placed on solid ground. What should be our response? Knowing that we didn't do it on our own, Pastor Blake, what should be our response? Reverend Stevens, when we was going left, God stopped us and brought us to the right. What should be our response? Well, here we go. The world is a big 5,000, y'all. Not counting women and children. Hallelujah. And there's a big work to be done. Amen. And so when we get ready to do our analysis, let's see how we might do it. Let's look at our text. Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he was doing. This question was never for Philip to answer Jesus. Yeah. And God poses questions in our lives and challenges as it relates to the ministry that we do in this world. And it's not because God doesn't know the answer. But it's because we need to look at it circumspectly and answer correctly Mm -hmm. as the one Peter did when Peter said, whom do men say that I am? And he said, who do you say I am? He says, thou art the Christ, yeah, yeah, yeah. the son of the living God. But Jesus said, flesh and blood. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah. You didn't get that that way. Yeah. That only came from my father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jesus was trying to get the disciples' minds into a position to realize that this work was too big for them. Yeah. And that they were going to have to look up. Mm-hmm. To someone who was more transcendent yeah, yeah. Yeah, than they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to have to look past their abilities to pick up the phone if they had one in that time yeah. and call down the street and get the trucking company and then call harvesters yeah. and bring some stuff in. Yeah. See, there were no harvesters and big trucks to.
to even ship it in in the first place. But even if it was, it would take a process before they ever got around to actually getting some food in the trailer to be shipped. And these men and women and children was hungry. Yeah. Not later, but right now. Right now. Yeah. See, a lot of times in our mission work, the work that we need to be doing is right now. I was talking to our Bible study class on yesterday, and we were talking about how we need to not lag in being diligent. Amen. The 12th chapter of Romans was saying, hey, get about the business. Not later. Right now. So Jesus saw the situation. And he didn't look around and say, hmm, well, maybe I'll go talk to some of the uh, Pharisees or scribes, some of the religious leaders, and see what they have in the storehouse for these people. Uh, Maybe I need to consult with them first, then sit down and have a conference, then figure out what our five-year plan will be to feed people over time, and all of this kind of mess. No, no. Jesus was right now. And so when we look at this text, now Philip has... Basically answered and said, hey, uh, uh, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them mm-hmm. that every one of them may have a little. Yeah. Well, let's just say a denarii uh, was a, a day's work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so now he's saying 200 days work. If we had that much money and tried to buy food, we still couldn't buy enough of them. Lord have mercy. Right. Very good response. I'm glad that Jesus asked this question Mm -hmm. because then Philip could answer it and then expose the problem. Lord have mercy. The problem was inside of man's ability and especially the disciples, they couldn't do it by themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if they had 200 denarii, it was not enough. This job, this problem was bigger than them. And I contend to you today, missionaries, Mm -hmm. your job is bigger than you. You can't do this on your own. Even with five, six, seven, or five hundred of you together, the work is too much for you. But (laughs) I got some good news. Look back at the text again. Amen. After he had made this statement, which exposed the problem of not having the ability to take care of these 5,000 anyway. Well. Look what happens after that. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad (laughs) here who has five barley loaves. And, And what? Two. Two. Small fish. No, no, not them, not them big whopper fishes that we cut up and cook in the fry and stuff and feed a family with. No, no, small fishes. Probably a little bit of white perch fish, and, and it was so small it might have been as small as a sardine. And so it was just enough them two fishes and that bread, and maybe the young man would have lunch. Okay. So he's saying, "Hey, look at this." But what are they among? So many. Wonderful question. Because once again, you have to first expose the problem so that you can get a solution. Mm 
If you don't think nothing's wrong, then you're not going to seek a solution. Amen. That's what's wrong with a lot of our world today. They think they're all right. They think they're full. They think they've got everything they need and they're spiritually bankrupt. They don't have no spirit. They don't have no destiny except into the lake of fire and brimstone. They don't have no mansions. They don't have Jesus building it for them and coming back for them. They don't realize how far off the mark they really are. It is good when one says, I got a problem, I'm empty and I need to be filled. But a lot of them are running around saying, I'm all right. I'm good, I do good things and I give the charities and all of that, so I'm a good person. But the last time I checked, the authority, which is the word of God, said not that would be able to save you. Because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And even the righteousness that we do is a filthy rags, according to Isaiah. So all that wrapped up together still will send you to hell. Yeah. But I, I do contend, though, we got good news. We got good news because after the problem was presented and he looked and he said, well, we got this, but it's what is it with so many? What can we do with this? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. See, Jesus gets right to it. He didn't go around trying to to, to come up with some kind of research paper and understand the dynamics of how we might be able to take these loaves and break them and reshape them and take the fish and start multiplying. No, he just said, "Uh, okay, thank you. You got the right question. Make the folks sit down. Let me see if I can answer it for you. Okay, so now Jesus says, sit down. Make them sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. Mm. You know, when I saw that verse for the first time, I, I <laughs> skipped over a couple of things that I, I, I just began to look at and say, wait a minute. Isn't it interesting? Now, can you imagine what 5,000 people look like? Mm. Imagine when you go to a sporting event And all of those people are there. And imagine taking 5,000 out of them and they following you around. Mm. And you walking from place to place. I contend a lot of times there ain't going to be nowhere to sit down. But isn't it interesting that by the time it was time for Jesus to do what he needed to do, they were in a place that they had comfort. There was much grass for them to lay on, to uh, sit down on, and to get ready to receive from the Lord. Yeah. Missionaries, I want you to know that God is preparing hearts for you to reach. Uh. Because if we try to do it on our own, we're going to miss it. Yeah. We're going to come with all of our stuff, yeah. and they're going to reject it. 
and walk away. But when the Holy Spirit of God goes before you and prepares them, they will be ready to receive the word. And God has a way of taking crooked places and making straight. He has a way to taking places full of thorns and thickets and making green grass so folks will be ready to receive. I heard one time that it said when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And see, God will get the students ready and then the teacher which is the Holy Spirit will appear. And then he uses vessels, broken down vessels like you and I to bring forth his word and he anoints it and touches soul and changes darkness into light. He changes thieves into preachers. He changes murderers into deacons. It's only God that can do that. Because he got to do something on the inside and make his way to the out. Hallelujah. So when we look at our text, now there was much grass in the place. They all sit down. We know the number is about 5,000, but we know from the Synoptic Gospels that also there were uh, women and children, so it was even a greater number. And then Jesus took the load. And when he had given thanks... He distributed them to disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. I'm going to see if I can take my time here if you've got a minute. Let's look at verse 11. The problem is clear. Yes. We don't have enough food for all these folks. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Jesus is the son of God. Yes. 100% man, yes. 100% God. Yeah. But Jesus also said that he does nothing except what the father tells him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I love that because Jesus was our representative of what a normal man should be. See, when the first Adam messed up and got us into sin, it's the second Adam Mm -hmm. that got us out. Amen. And so the normality of what man should be, Jesus is portraying to us Mm -hmm. that he was holy and completely obedient to the Father. Uh Missionaries, I contend to you today that if you really want to see a move of God, you've got to be sold out for Jesus. If you really want to see a move of God, you've got to be completely obedient to Him. And you know, I I say that and it's easy to say and hard to do, But the reality doesn't change. If we want to really see Jesus and the miraculous works that he wants to do through us, we have to be completely and sold out for him. Because Jesus shows us that when you're sold out for the Father, the Father has the desire to do wonderful things in your life. And I contend today that miracles aren't done with. Lord, I, I know some some pundits, some some theologians want to say that miracles are over. Well, but I don't believe for one moment that that's the case because my Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And my God changes not. And I contend that I am a miracle right here. Come on. 
When we talk about miracles, when you take an old boy from down in Texas that was doing all manners of evil and going the wrong way, and you turn him around and dress him up and put him in a pulpit to preach God's word, and I wasn't thinking about God, that's a miracle. And everybody in here can attest that everything in here is a miracle. Yes. There's no way to explain how we got here yes. from where we were. Yes. But it was a miracle from God. Yes. Am I right about it, D? Yes. My sister over here knows exactly yes. what I'm talking about. Praise yes. the name of the Lord. Yes. So we looking at this text. Look at here. Look, 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 y'all. We're looking at this text, and, and Jesus is just smooth with it. I mean, Jesus just doing what he does. Amen. And that's what we ought to be about, too. We understand our mission, and we just get smooth with it. We just get in motion and start moving and let God move through us. Because it's all fixed, y'all. Acts chapter 1 let us know that when the Holy Spirit would come, he would endure us with what? Power. Do not miss power. Explosives overcoming power. And that we would be witnesses to what? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And I love that text so much. And I talk to New Zion about that a lot. Because in Jerusalem, you're a witness to your city. Amen. In Judea, to your country. Amen. You're working it. But then there is Samaria. Oh, it's that place where you know Jews and Samaritans have no dealing. Huh? That's them half-breeds, Reverend. You know, they didn't fool around with them, huh? But Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to witness to them too. See, you're going to get your perspective right and realize those who don't look like you and those who you think that are lower you are more important than you are. So that now you run out to the dope dealer, you run out to the drug addict, you run out to the prostitute, you run out to the thief, you run out to the murderer, telling them about the good news of Jesus, that I was once like you are, but I've been changed, and you can have the same if you trust in him, if you believe in his word, if you let him come into your life and you don't have a problem with it because you're smooth with it. Because Jesus is pushing you on. But in order to get there, saints of God, it's not easy, but it's possible. It's hard, but it's simple. You gotta be obedient to God. At the end of the day, when you wrap up the 66 books of the Bible, when you wrap up the canon of Scripture, be obedient. That's it. it. Be obedient to God. Take his word and do it. That's it. Not easy, but simple. Amen? So as we look at our text, we see Jesus now distributing Wait, wait, let's back up here. We see Jesus taking the loaves Mm -hmm. and when he had given thanks. What do you imagine Jesus could be thanking for? Huh? I believe Jesus is thanking in advance for what God is getting ready to do. How many of us when we get on our mission work and we're going out to the streets and to the hospital, to the nursing home, do we thank God in advance for the souls that he's going to save before we even get there? How many 
of us start praising God and we ain't even seen who we talking to yet. But that's when you become the smooth operator that Jesus is. Jesus is like, wow, man, this guy here knows what's going on. He starts thinking in advance because he understands the Father. He understands that the Father has a plan for everybody. Amen. And he, Jesus being the one who emptied himself. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 and made himself of no reputation. Became obedient. He allowed the Father to direct him. He allowed the Father but by faith he believed that the Father was going to do something miraculous at this point. By now because he was anointed by the Holy Ghost. How we see that from about believe around chapter 61 of Isaiah he read, what did he say? He said has a Come upon him uh-huh. and anointed him to preach. But that anointing, you can't do this work without the anointing. Well, yeah. if you're around here playing church and saying, I'm going to join the church yeah. for political reasons yeah. and I'm going to get involved and you know, I'm going I'm to rub shoulders with Pastor Flakes because I, I know he's influential and I'm going to get on the mission board and then I'm going to play like I'm working because I got some other things I'm looking for. You liable to end up like the sons of Siva. You liable to end up with your clothes whooped off of you. Bleeding and running and crying, fooling around with this work. Because the demons even said, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? Don't you play that with God. Don't be around here playing church and trying to do this, you'll get hurt. Because this business ain't that kind of business. But when you're anointed and appointed, huh? now you can do the work. Because the one who has all power in his hand has already got before you and you thanking him in advance. Oh, hallelujah. So now we see Jesus, once he thanks God, he begins to work. He distributes them to the disciples. Now, what would have happened if Jesus had said, thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. And thank you, Lord. And, you know, I'm going on vacation. Uh, I think I'm going to go back up in a mountain somewhere and then I'm going to, I don't know, I don't know, spend some time now, I'm a little tired. What if he had done that? What if he had said, you know, we, you know what, I, I know, Pastor, you want to go out, outside. I, I know you want to read some folks for the Lord, but the, my vacation coming up. Uh-oh. I mean, yeah. I mean, we got, we got, we got family reunions. We got all this stuff. I, we got to get this done first. Well, I mean, and so when where I look at it, I say, huh? Well, I see, you know, it could be made when this question is brought up. So we saying, well, let's see. We got family reunions. We got vacation with the kid. Let's see, June, July, August, September for good measure. Uh, uh, well, maybe even October because it still got a, a little warmth to it. What if we wait that long? How many folks will be dead? <laughs> Fooling around waiting on us to get through with all the things we want to do before we reach them for the law. Man, that's folks getting shot all the time. That's folks killing themselves. My wife was telling me about um, something that's happening at Olathe Northwest. This young girl, she uh, has a pajama party, invites all of her friends to the house for the explicit purpose of shooting her own self and killing herself. Now, that's a lot of that going on, too. We may not hear of all of it, but that's going on, too. We are in times where it's got to be about right now. Man, folks getting out of here in a hurry. 
Mm. And that's some folk ain't knowing the Lord and they going straight to hell. Lord, and guess what? Nothing's coming back from the grave. So while the blood is running warm in our veins yeah. and in their vein, we got to try to reach them and touch them for Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. We can't start talking about, oh, it'll be three months before we can get started. Lord, We got to get started now. This is important work, y'all. It's the Great Commission. Amen. And you know what? There's another thing here. I, 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 I know that Jesus was preaching, going to preach a word to these 5,000. Amen? Amen. But he started first with their physical needs. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know what? To reach a world out here, we got to get them straight physically so they're ready to hear something. Right. Man, folk hungry and disturbed and distressed, we got to get their physical stuff straight now, then prepare them to get ready to receive the word. Yeah. That was Jesus' M.O. And so why would not it be ours? Come on now. Lord. And you know what else I didn't see in this text? I didn't see in this text where Jesus said, well, you know what? If I feed them folks, they just going to eat. And you know what? They still ain't coming to church. <laughs> huh? They ain't coming to church. And all we're going to be done done is fed them. And then they're going to go on their merry way. Hmm. Jesus didn't even have a problem with that. I don't see in there. I looked in the synoptics too. Yeah. Pastor, you you are, you're a student of the word. Did you see where he had a fit about that? No. He didn't, did he? No hesitation. No hesitation whatsoever. And he was outside. Well. He was outside, wasn't he? Yes, sir. So so we we gotta stop trying to figure God out and what God's work is going to be in somebody's life and just be obedient. God's not asking us to figure out the master plan because he's the master and he got the plan. We ain't got to do that, Reverend Taylor. We just need to be obedient. When Jesus told us to feed the poor, for the poor will be with us always. Just feed the poor. Just do it. Don't worry about whether they're going to come to church. Yeah. Just feed yeah. the poor. Yeah. That's God's job yeah. to worry about if they're going to come to church. Yeah. Because we can't make them come to church. Right. We can't do nothing with them anyway. Right. It's the Holy Spirit that did it with us. Yeah. But doesn't that make it a lot easier on us? Yes. Because we stop worrying about that kind of stuff. We stop taking down names and saying, did they come in this Sunday? See, I told you, Janet, that if we fed them, all they were going to do was go home and they were going to come to church. Come on. Susie, look, we ain't going to do this no more. Because look at that. We put, our, we put our 15 chickens and nobody came. Lord. But that's not our job. Our job is to be obedient. Well, Pastor, I listen, we on a small budget. And we're going to give out 15 chickens every three months. Then we're going to go broke. And ain't none of them going to come and bring no tithe, bring no offering. I don't know what we're going to do. Now, you know that's how you think because I thought that way myself. Huh? Truth, truth, uh, uh, what they say in full disclosure. But I found out that that ain't my job. Feed 
the poor. Obey yeah, yeah, yeah. the Lord and let the Lord figure all the rest of this out. Yeah. The Bible says, I believe in Matthew chapter 6 around verse 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what happens? All these things be what? Added unto you. By implication, who's doing the adding, Reverend? God's doing that. See, we don't have to worry with that kind of stuff. If God sees you doing his work in earnest, he going to supply your every need. You will never run dry. It's just like the widow at Zarephath. She was saying to the prophet, she said, look here, look here. We're going to take this whole cake bread. Y'all know what that, what that was with that little flour and little oil. You know that was whole cake bread, y'all. Uh, they're going to take this whole cake bread and me and my son, we're going to eat it and die. Huh? And die. But they first gave to their prophet who was a type of Christ. And because they gave to him first, they all never ran out. And the flower just kept on coming. That's how the church is to operate. We need to know that when we give to others, we are giving to the Lord. And the Lord will honor that giving and that your wells will never run dry. You will never run out of resources if you're doing God's work. Because in God's economy, he is the source. The Bible says the silver and the gold is the Lord's. He says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And they that dwell in it. So it's all in his hands. So as I get ready to come to a close on this today. There, there, there's so much in here. We'd be here all night and all day. But what, I, I think we have covered enough right now to allow us to kind of move a little bit, huh? Yeah. And to be smooth like the smooth operator himself, Jesus. And to know that whatever we give out, God will give back and give back in abundance. Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God, he, 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 he went to work. Yeah. And when he went to work, as the mission is getting ready to go to work, he began to break. Mm -hmm. And each time he broke, he broke again. Each time he tore, and he tore again. Mm -hmm. He kept on giving, and he kept on giving, Reverend King. Mm -hmm. And the 5,000 was fed. But then I like what verse 12 says when he says, So when they were filled... Not when they had a little bit of a snack and wet their appetite, but when they were filled. How many of y'all know that God can feed the whole world and make them full? And Jesus understood this and he just kept on breaking. And when they were filled... Jesus still wasn't through teaching. He told the disciples to go and gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. And you know what he gathered up? You know what they gathered up? They gathered up 12 baskets with fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Now, with our mindset... We would say, you know what, if we keep giving out like this, we ain't going to have nothing to eat ourselves. We're going to be to give out, and we're going to be hungry. (laughs) But Jesus teaches an object lesson right here, and he says, now, you see all them filled up, and they lazy now, laid all out on the grass, taking naps, rubbing their stomachs. Now, go around there and get all that food. Get all the stuff that's left over. Mm. And how many baskets do you have? Twelve. 
How many disciples? Twelve. Jesus has a way that when you give out all that you got, he's still going to fill your basket. And they're going to be full. You ain't going hungry. You ain't going thirsty because God sees what you're doing and he's able to fill your basket. Amen. So praise the name of the Lord today, saints. That we have seen that the mission, the go ye therefore teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Baptizing in the name of the Father. Baptizing in the name of the Son. Baptizing in the name of the Holy Ghost. Three in one. You keep working in the vineyard of the Lord even when the job looks to be too big because you serve a God that has all power in his hand you serve a God that way before we was even thought about that he said let there be and it was expansive universes galaxies far beyond our comprehension that same God is the one who sends you and he sends me so don't fear to run out in this mission work because he's going to fill your baskets I heard yes I heard that our baskets was empty almost 2,000 years ago we needed something in our baskets that we couldn't put in there ourselves and I heard my Jesus and your Jesus they marched them down the Via Della Rosa outside the gates of Jerusalem to a place called Gargoth's Hill and they put nails in his hands and they put nails in his feet and he died for you and for me he died that we might live but that's not the end of the story they took him down off that old rugged cross and they put him in a borrowed tomb three days later early early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hand the same power to move in the mission work the same power that healed the sick the same power that raised the dead the same power that gave sight to the blind it's that power that now lives in you so keep on pushing mission. keep on doing the work you're never gonna run out when you're being obedient to the Lord because he will always fill your baskets God bless you and God keep you alright